All right. Uh, welcome to Psychotherapy Podcast Episode 12. Uh, today, Niall brought in uh, yet another Australian to get a uh, little goofy with. So uh, if you can go ahead and introduce yourself, that'd be pretty sick. Uh, my name is Tully. Um, I play in the band Histamine, uh, which I guess is the uh, the primary reason for <laughs> being asked to be a guest on the <laughs> podcast. But um, I don't know. I do, how do you want me to introduce myself? That's that seems good. But um, yeah, what what's do you up, enjoy guys? doing in your spare time? In my spare time. Who has uh, spare time these days? In spare time in this fucking you beat me on the this economy joke. I hate you already. <laughs> <laughs> fucking half a beat behind. <laughs> uh, I don't know, like uh, video games and I don't know, just a bunch of nerdy shit. Dungeons and Dragons, that's good. Watching Funky, wrestling. Yeah. Oh, I forgot that I already Ooh. told you, Niall, that this was gonna. I promised you that this would descend into it. Just a pro wrestling episode. <laughs> Fuck yes, because both Rusty and I are so, we are so fucking on board for that because I had, I had to bring it up. I don't know if you listened to the one with, uh, we had one with Tyrone and it was just after All Out had happened. And I was like, fucking hell, All Out was so good. I was chomping at the bit to fucking talk about it, but I was like, Tyrone's got no fucking interest in wrestling. That pay-per-view was fucking all time, dude. It was so good. That that's that's like the best pay per view since WrestleMania seventeen, like one hundred percent. That that was there just were, fucked. Yeah, there was so many. There was so many good matches. Like, I, I, like I keep I keep remembering matches that were in that and being like, oh, that's right, that was fucking incredible. But in context to everything else, it's just like, yeah, fuck, it's, it was so it's good. Insane. Um, yeah. Uh, and the fucking, oh man, like the fucking walkouts at the end. Adam Cole walkout oh. and then the double stack walkout with Brian Danielson. Yeah. Oh, man, I was losing my fucking mind. It, it's, it's, that, that was like fully marking out. Like there was no way that you couldn't do that. If you're an actual wrestling fan, there's no way you couldn't mark out for that shit. That was just ridiculous. Like it, it, another thing that I've noticed since then though, and I don't know if you're feeling the same thing because I, I do watch. Uh, Dynamite and Rampage as well. Are you feeling a little bit? I do, I do, but I, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm like two weeks behind at the moment because yeah. I've been working like crazy. But yeah, I, I, I watch it pretty, pretty religiously. Are you, are you feeling a little bit of fatigue with CM Punk yet? Because they're using him so much. Oh yeah, it's fucking. Uh, just the, the, the. Oh, it's, it's Wednesday night. You know what that means? CM Punk's gonna walk out and tell the crowd how appreciative he is. Like, dude, fuck off. I don't care. <laughs> like, I want to see you wrestle. That's what I want to see you do. You were good in the ring. Like, that's what you got. Like, the reason he even got to a main level wasn't because he was good at promos. It's because he was really good in the fucking ring. Like, if you watch any of his, like, Ring of Honor days and shit like that, he's got an average promo. Like, he's really average. He's your typical yep. indie sort of promo. But in the yeah, ring, he's fine. He, was, he was fucking great. And that's what yeah. held him. Of course, his his game has improved a shit ton since then, but I don't need a fucking CM Punk promo every fucking week. That's just, I'm so happy to be back. It's like, we get you know, the, it. The we, thing about we knew C- that from day dot. The thing dollar. about CM Punk as a promo man is that um, he's really not. And the reason why is because he's really only like, like wrestlers that are like known as like promo performers known for like cutting insane promos. 
Like you, you can you can draft a list. CM Punk is really only known for like one quote unquote promo that I think we all know what it is. It's you can only extend so much gratitude before you kind of wear down people's interest in receiving gratitude. Yeah, well, here's I mean, here's here's my stance is like I, I don't want to. CM Punk's not a face. I don't want him as a face. I want him to be a fucking heel. I want him to yeah. be arrogant and just a, a total fuckhead to everyone. That's oh, I loved when he he's made so much better. Bad. So <laughs> much better. So much better. Like I mean, again, like the the, the comeback was fun, and they're like, oh, I'm happy to be here, and it's great, and I get what they're doing with it. But like, yeah, it is kind of every week. It's just like, all right, Mister Pepsi Man, out you go. Say say the nice thing to the people. It's like <laughs> make, make um, them smile. Come on, yeah. Be the brand yeah, ambassador. Make sure you're I'm wearing like, that AEW hoodie as well. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, make sure you're wearing the the Madball hoodie. <laughs> that was like yeah, like one of the like the second episode back or whatever. Oh, yeah. wow. There was um, <laughs> uh, I'm uh, Brody uh, Lee. Um, there's like a photo of him wearing a Snapcase shirt. Like when he was in mm. WWE, um, I just always find that shit like weird because CM Punk's like you, you know that like he's super involved in hardcore. It's all he fucking talks about, really, because he's like to- he's literally Toby Morse, but a wrestler. Like his whole identity. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it though; he really that's, is that's Toby actually Morse. true because I cannot stand either of them talking. Yeah, like I wouldn't watch a podcast discussion with with. Um, CM I mean, Punk I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if CM Punk came out as pro cop. So yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like this, and also he's he's best mates with Toby Morse too, which just makes oh, it really? even weirder. Yeah, like he, um, him and Toby did guest vocals on the Madball album Hardcore Lives, and he oh, only did really? it because because Toby was like. Oh, my friend uh, Phil. See, he's a wrestler. CM Punk. He's a big fan of Madball. Would you be happy to have him come in? That's fucking weird. You know, yes. I have a. I actually have a pretty, um, pretty hot take regarding that record, uh, Hardcore Lives. Um, and a lot of this has to do with the fact that I got to see them when they were touring on that record. It's it's an okay record. It's okay considering their their age and worn outedness at that point doc martin stomps a really good really good track off that record i think i think the thing about madball is right every live show is going to be sick because it's fucking madball like if you open your set with as good of an intro as set it off of course it's going to be fucking good it's like every time you say chromags regardless of how fucked every single member of that band is mentally <laughs> and how much you disagree with everything they have to fucking hey, say. Harley has made a big comeback. If, if you've been following it on Facebook, he's been doing some sort of PR boost or something. He is. Yeah. I, lo- I love his work as the bass player of the red hot chili peppers. He's great. <laughs> oh dude, that was fucking <laughs> hilarious. So many people coming up to him, taking photos of him thinking he's fleeing. He's got a, sh- he's got an unbuttoned shirt. He's got his full chest tattoo showing and shit as well. It's like, how the fuck do you mistake him for Flea? Did, did you see the video from last week of him jamming with Flea? No. No? It was Holy shit. insane. Yeah, so Man, check that I read out. His, it's, it's good. I read his autobiography, and like as a kid, there's like photos of um, his mom 
she was sleeping with Bob Dylan. So there's photos of little Harley Race, uh, sorry, Harley Flanagan. Why I say Harley Race? Harley Flanagan in the background uh, with Bob Dylan with his arm wrestling, over, over, uh, <laughs> over Harley's uh, mother. And so he like met Neil Young, he met Bob Dylan, all this sort of shit when he was like genuinely like five years old. So that dude's lived like a fucking wild life. So oh yeah, he's like met everyone. He like lived in like Amsterdam as like a child, mm-hmm. um, had like poetry, like fucking signed like signed off and published by like Allen Ginsberg and like the actual like downtown New York like art scene like yeah no wonder he turned out so normal <laughs> <laughs> yeah he definitely like definitely didn't turn out as a complete nut of freak you know releasing like <laughs> what I will say is that Chromag self-titled has got to be one of the worst records of last year that that was fucking dreadful oh the full it's it's like yeah I, like it's like it's dad rock Chromag's it's. Mm. I listened to like half of one song. I was like, "I'm I'm good here. That's fine. Thank you." It's ah, there, it's like real. It's real weekend warrior shit. Don't get me wrong. I love. Um, I do love some Harley era Chromags. Like best wishes. Oh, rips. I prefer Harley era Chromags. Best wishes even, is even like revenge. Now that's like the, that's a hot take. Like here's the hot take: revenge. Like have revenge like, okay, rips. So like a third assert, of the songs on the record are like not good, but like the re-recorded White Devil songs with um, Rocky George yep. from Suicidal Ten- Tendencies on lead guitar are the best Chromag songs in my opinion. Like, I if I can say it, like Fireburn, um, like. Uh, what's that song like can you feel with like the insane baseline in it um do you think, steal do you my think crown that, like those are tracks do you think that's where the band fireburn got their name or well yeah that's a or do you just think that's a really hardcore cliche because if you think about the members of fireburn they've been around a, like as long if not longer than that track do you think they were trying to come up with like other types of burns and then just went now nah, we got to go with fire <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it is a Todd Jones thing, so don't expect, like, something ultra-creative. That dude is very... <laughs> meat, meat, that dude is meat and potatoes with everything he does. Like, think about it. Yeah. Terror. Chemical, burn, chemical Burn's a better name. I would I would have gone with uh, Chemical Burn. Ice Burn is taken. Earth Burn. I don't know what that is, but that sounds sick. <laughs> we just Ooh, naming... I gotta, I gotta write down Earth Burn. Uh, Sky Burn. <laughs> that sounds like a uh, culture worship band, like a only worshiping the deforestation seven inch band earthburn it just it, it just earthburn. it screams scrawny suburban dude vegan straight edge uh, ocean burn <laughs> uh, montgomery burns um, lots of, well lots of okay the, the ship the ship has sailed on this joke uh, <laughs> what, what I'm, I'm i must admit i'm i genuinely surprised there isn't like a power violent split called montgomery montgomery burns like i'm genuinely surprised I think were they going to do do a split with that fucking Ned Flanders metal band? Oh, they could do a split. Oh, with that, they, they could do a split. Yeah, with that, the, that, uh, that shit is that is that shit is fucking embarrassing, man. Can, oh, can that even be terrible? As like metal, like I don't know what it is. Like I've taken like a, a journalistic curiosity into that band and like watched their music videos, and I'm like, is like is this? I don't think this is metal, dude. They got put know. into they got put into the credits of a Simpsons episode. Imagine just being a normal Simpsons audio audience member and having to suffer through that musical fucking abortion. What do you, do you, I don't know if you remember this, Niall. They like literally 
did an Australian tour like two years ago. Someone brought me out, we're like, we're going to tour. And someone, like this dude that I worked with, was like, oh, like that Ned Flanders band, like that, you're going to go Sam? I was like, I couldn't fucking pay me money to fucking go and see that (laughs) joke of a fucking band. I have self-respect. So the answer is no. Like, it, I mean, I, just, I don't, I don't, I don't have self-respect, but the answer is still no. <laughs> it's look, it, it, like, I mean, that, that brings up a question for me as well. There's a power violence band called Goo Lagoon that is all yes. based on, um, SpongeBob. SpongeBob yeah. Is that fucking corny? Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's corny, but it's funny. Like certain, certain like subsects of like music, like you can kind of get away with a lot more. Like power violence is inherently like a joke it is a joke genre by definition Mm. but i think i think for me with something like that it's like okay okay yeah all right a spongebob thing that's like funny for about one half of one song you know this is a funny bit so like do it make the joke then go the fuck away i mean it's funny for like a power duration yeah well, and that's, Do a demo, and the, the, leave it. Yeah, the, the Ned Flanders thing, well, fucking, you know, they, yeah, like the video, you know, I remember when that first video, and I was like, oh, it's all like Ned Flanders. That's, I was like, yeah, I guess so. That's fine. But then, but then they like had like a fucking album, and it's like, again, when it was, when they did it, someone was like, I'm going to tour this band through Australia. I was like, this is fucked, man. This is. Because, like think about touring australia it's not a cheap thing to do to bring a band over to australia it is not a cheap thing to do especially with overhead costs especially for a band that because they it's are not a good it's band, not a good country it's not it, it is the worst it's not good to tour. to tour in terms of like yeah in terms of like financial return the the, the whole thing like it's it's fucking like I've, I've, yeah like, it's it's like i've to it i've toured bands i've brought bands out and it's it, yeah, which you can't which is just just just. Uh, I brought out uh, with a friend of mine years ago. Now we brought out uh, No Trigger and Such Gold. I saw like, the oh, No Trigger two years ago. Yeah, which is great. Um, no, No Trigger yeah, is was, a very underrated band. Like as far as mm, like bands that like follow uh, in the man. vein of like Kid Dynamite, kind of like is it pop punk? Is it melodic hardcore? So fucking pop, pop, sick. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's 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 not. Yeah, I mean, Kid Dynamite, fucking incredible band. I I love that band. But um, yeah, like No Trigger, those dudes are the fucking best too. Like I, I love those guys, and they've been out a few times since, and we always kind of hang out and stuff. But um, yeah, like we we brought those two bands out, and it was like a real, you know, when I was in my early twenties at that point, I guess, and it was a real like, oh wow, you can't make money touring Australia. This doesn't, you know. Like the band, I think I, th- I think I think we like just barely broke even on the tour, and it was like tight, you know. But I mean, you know, and then you get here, and it's like it's not like you know the US, you get you travel two hours to the next show or whatever. Here, it's like you, you travel play in ten Brisbane hours. And, yeah, you play in Brisbane, and then you get on a bus and drive for eleven fucking hours to get to Sydney yeah. to play the next night, and it's you know, it's 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 ruthless touring unless you've got. I reckon. Unless you're super hyped at, at the time, it's really not worth doing on, unless you're a legendary band that's never come out. Like, look, everyone wants it. Everyone wants a negative approach to in Australia, right? Everyone says that, but I bet you, if that happened, even if they played like hundred cap venues, they wouldn't sell them out. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the way that the best way to think about it, and and this was, I know, was like the attitude that the no trigger guys especially had and still have when they've come back is just like, we're going on holiday. Yeah. It's uh, like, you know, it's, it might cost us a little bit of money, not much, but right. really, you know, it's an, ex- it's, it's an excuse to go to another country, have a fun time, all of that sort of stuff. Like, but yeah, like for a, a small to medium sized punk band, like if anyone, you know, for co- yeah, coming to do an Australian tour, you come here, I think going, Best case scenario, you break even, but you have a sick time. That's the way. That's that's the way you got to think about it. It's like uh, even thinking of even locally touring. Like um, I did a show, and it was I, I like way overthought it. I was like, I'm going to bring four interstate bands up, and didn't really think about the cost. And I'm going to bring back Hornsby PCYZ shows because I don't know if you remember like the Hornsby Violent Straight Edge compilation that came out in the early 2000s and shit like that yeah i think i only i think i I remember going to like one show there because it's Mm. i mean i live in the inner west of sydney like hornsby may as well be another country um Mm. yeah but i i remember going i think the only show that i went to there was um i think i went to it was like the last or second last worlds apart show if you remember that band yeah which was like which is aj who sings in his demean was in that band that was like when i first met him and it was like oh yeah we're, my band's playing our last show or whatever I'm like oh yeah, i'll go to horns I, I think it was at hornsby bcyc it was somewhere over that way might have been hornsby or st ives potentially st ives because depends i think it was i don't think it was st ives i reckon it was hornsby because yeah I, like i wanted to bring it back and i was like okay i want to get some some interstate bands i'd always wanted to see day of contempt still do still never seen day of contempt always want to i've got a fucking chest tattoo of day of contempt for fuck's sake um <laughs> so the the closest i could do was uh in trenches because i knew um i think his name's escaping me he played in uh machina genova now he lives in melbourne he plays in white horse and shit now as well um really really nice dude and he was i was just talking to him one day he's like yeah i'm in trenches i'm in in trenches now by the way i was like oh sick like would you want to come to sydney and then he was like yeah fuck yeah so we hooked that up, but of course, like Ben Coit's been around for a long fucking time. Kev Cameron been around for a long fucking time. They're not doing this shit if they're not going to get paid, right? Outright was really cool because it was the second, I was talking to them about the shows and as soon as I said Hornsby PCYC, they were just like, we're fucking in. Like there was no discussion. <laughs> yeah. Like Because Yelena grew up in Wollongong. And used to like lie to her parents and then get the train up to Sydney and go to Hornsby PCYC shows like in the nineties and early two thousands. Yeah. And then eventually moved to Melbourne. So she was like, Hornsby PCYC is back. What the fuck? Then also booked Breakthrough from Tasmania and Warpath from Adelaide. And then Breakthrough literally two days before one of them was just like, oh, I don't have enough money for flights. And so <laughs> had, had to had to cancel that, did like a whole hype package, all this sort of shit. But even then, like the 18 plus show, we made money. We we oversold the Burdekin. Great. We're doing Hornsby PCYC. And I think it was like a 12, it was like an all day show sort of thing. It was like going back to, you know, when the all ages shows would run from the middle of the day till night. 
like and you would see a ton yeah. of different bands with a ton of different styles and and come away from it really enjoying it and that was the whole idea behind it and i was like if you're dude, under 15 dude, seeing, seeing a fucking seeing a hardcore show flyer with like 10 bands on the thing gives me ptsd at this point give me like a three give me a two band lineup that's fucking perfect in my as i get older i'm very much in that camp as well because i'm just like <laughs> I, there's really as i get older there's fewer and fewer bands that genuinely excite me like i get excited by the prospect of young bands coming up and then i listen to the demo and i'm like i will say that it's adequate because i don't want to discourage these young kids trying to play you know a good style of music it isn't good music but I really don't want to discourage them from playing because they will get better if they keep playing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, you want, no one's first band is good. Or well, very few yeah, people's my, first band is, is good anyway. <laughs> my, my, my first band ran for four shows and at the fourth show, our guitarist took his cock out and um, this was at the old, uh, this was at Valve Bar. And um, it was Breakthrough's first time in, in New South Wales as well. It's a lot of beef going on with uh, Fearless, who are now Pure Instinct at the time as well, and they pulled off the show and blah blah. Anyway, um, they Pure just, are, I, a good, are a good fucking band. I like those very, guys. very, very fucking good band. I've got no problems with any of those dudes. Um, like personally, personally on my side, I got no problem with any of those dudes. I lived with one of them. I think he has a problem with me. We don't talk, so I wouldn't really know. Um, I've got nothing bad to say. I got nothing bad to say about any of them, and I think they're all. I think they're all really nice dudes, and they make good music. So, you know, nothing bad to say there on my end. But it was just, you know, bad timing. You know, I just, I just stopped living with one of the members, and I think, you know, there was still some tension there. But anyway, um, Rusty, are you my- enjoying this? Uh, this extremely micro analysis of Sydney hardcore. <laughs> you know, I got to I got to say it reached a point where um like mathematically speaking the exponential australianness of the uh the convection vector kind of uh reached a point of pure multitude and I kind of just like shifted into like another space and like this is the entirety of where my brain was at. Australia as everyone knows <laughs> And Australia is entirely peopled with criminals. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my mind has been. <laughs> Did you Fuck have that fucking know. queued up from a previous episode, or were you just like lining that up in the background while Nile and I were talking about stuff that oh, no I was, one cares I was about? To- I was toiling away. I was weaving my loom, waiting for the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to have opened the door for you to finally uh, work that in. <laughs> oh, that's so good. But to, to end my Where's story, the lie? Where's the lie? <laughs> absolutely. I mean, my like, I'm all fucking Irish names. Do you really think that comes from, you know, traditional landowners? Absolutely not. <laughs> you know, like, but to end my story, I quit the band because I was like, my lyrics are literally anti fucking sexually assaulting, you know, the whole crowd by pulling your cock out and shit. Um, you know, and I got a lot of backlash from that. And I was like, what? I didn't fucking do it. What? I was like, I didn't fucking do it. And they're like, but you need to take accountability for the guitarist. And I'm like, I can denounce what he's done. And I do when I kicked him out and fucking this, that, the other, but it all fell on me. Cause did they want you to like physically like grab his dingus and like pot, like pop it back in its restraint? I didn't, I didn't even notice he had his cock out. I'm, I was the vocalist. So I'm in front of him. He's behind me. Okay. Now, now I can see how this is your fault because you, you should know what's going on. 
How old were you? How old were you guys at this point? This is like this sounds like real like nineteen year old dude shit. I was, I was twenty one. Yeah, it's it's just like this is like dumb young dude bullshit. Like I'm gonna get my dick out. It'll be really funny. No, no one wants to see that. Like when I was in Safe and Sound, when we would be on tour, our drummer would just like whip his like gigantic nutsack out and just like scratch his bare nuts in the back of the van. I know, and I know nobody would advocate of, for. Everybody wanted to put like him to put that shit away, but it just kept happening. Just I know happening. stories of an. I got a story of an ex uh, that used to be a hardcore band from Newcastle. I don't know if I should name him, but them and a current band from Sydney. Uh, went on tour and they told me a story where they would play a game of where's the cum. And so one of them Ugh. would jerk off onto the other person's shoe without telling him. And then you would put your shoe on and you would step on the dude's cum. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a, a dude's okay. A man all right. A man doing okay. This No, it's completely... <laughs> And they're like, "Oh, it's so this funny, is, boys!" And I was like, look, "This isn't a good look for look good look for us. This is we gotta we gotta take bad. a real real close look at how uh, how hormones manifest themselves in our society." <laughs> anyway, with, with with my old band, so I quit the band, right? And then they decided, as a spite to me, to get a different guy in who couldn't say uh, sing to save his life. And this is on Bandcamp; you can suss it out. They've got a band now called Rest in Penis. Because we were called rest, we were called rest in pain. So they changed it to rest in penis. Very creative. Okay. Yep. Like like rest That's... in penis or resting penis, like like a limp dong. Rest in, as in like rest in peace. Rest hey, in. Man, I mean, penis. look. In their defense, it's as funny as a Ned Flanders metal band. So, <laughs> which I did, some, I did some fact checking on. I, I pulled a. Uh, what's what's the co-host of uh, the the Joe Rogan show where he does the thing where he I was gonna say are you are you that are you that guy on this podcast who's just like fact checking and googling in the background? Uh, I'm gonna be I'm, 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 the dynamic. I'm I'm gonna well yeah he's the bottom. Um, I, I'm gonna say um, I wouldn't know fuck all about Joe Rogan because I'm, I'm not bottom. a chud. I'm the bottom. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> Okay, so let me let me tell let me tell you a thing. This this may have everything to do with the fact that I'm an American who is surrounded by Americans daily. Um, like the Joe Rogan podcast is like one of like the most like like tens of tens of millions of people. Oh, it's like isn't it, it like it's like it's like the most listened podcast in the world or close enough yeah, to absolutely. It. It's like top ten all the time. I've listened to it exactly three times in my life. Uh, I listened to it once when Bill Burr was on it because I like Bill Burr. Uh, and the other two times I listened to it, and that was kind of before maybe Joe Rogan had fully kind of, you know, flown the coop on being a bit of a fucking weird cunt. Um, the other two times I listened to were just because it was when, uh, Tom DeLonge was on it and Billy Corgan. And it was, on, I just I was like, I'm going to listen to this because I want to hear how weird these dudes are. Pretty yeah, weird. I mean, <laughs> I, I've watched, I've watched Joe Rogan sucks. and it was... And it was with um with Ray Capo, and that was the only reason. Yeah, I was I've, I've only was, listened to the Ray Capo one. Oh yeah, fuck! I forgot about that. I never listened to it. They they used to do Mai Tai together and shit. They used to do Mai Tai oh, together. That's right. So that's that's how they know each other is from doing Mai Tai together. 
They don't actually Ray know Capo. each other from Ray like, Capo on the Joe Rogan experience. We live in a fucking weird timeline, guys. We live in a simulation. <laughs> we live in a simulation. Christian is no longer a virgin and we live in a simulation. Oh, God. no, we're not fucking talking about that. Um, <laughs> just sh- I, I re- shutting that. I'm shutting that the fuck down right fucking now. We're not fucking talking about it. Well, thank God. It, it, <laughs> it, becomes, it becomes a rotating topic in just about every episode. Um, it's, it's, um, kind of, it's kind of like a, we put I can't help it for it. Check I can't on help it. I'm a, Chris, I'm a Christorian. That is true. You are. Oh, I'm going to fucking leave this podcast right now. If you make one more <laughs> fucking joke, Niall. All right, I'm so, so we'll roll it back. We'll roll back. Uh, Ned Flanders band. I did, I did some digging and uh, Oakley, oh, yeah. Oakley has uh, one uh, release of their demos, two singles and two full length albums. And Who, what label is releasing it? What label is releasing that? None, none, all self-released. And the members have never been in any other band that I could find any information on. Well, you wouldn't yeah, want so to be. The, first so, so, two so the thing is, I could excuse the gimmick of the band if the music was even adequate, but it is actually fucking garbage. It is total and utter fucking garbage music. You can have a gimmick, but ensure that the music and the songwriting is still good and engaging. There's nothing engaging about that music. It sounds like a dude listened to Tool once and then decided to fucking smoke crack and write the song in 10 seconds and was like, so, oh, we're just going to fucking ad-lib this so here's, here's the So here's the, here's the thing with that band. Here's the problem. I'm going to, weirdly, in a in a huge about face, I'm going to defend them slightly because... Oh, no, no. no not not defend them. I'm going to absolve them of some responsibility because the responsibility for the fact that that band went on to record two full length records does not lie with that band. It lies. It lies. It, the, the responsibility lies with the internet at large. the The fact that there are two full length mm. records is the fault of any person who fucking shared that first film clip and went, oh, this is so fucking funny. And then the band was like, hey, this is a thing. People like this. We should keep doing this, right? And then they yeah. fucking did it. So if you ever fucking shared that film clip and went, oh, this, to is blame. this is your fucking fault. <laughs> sorry. Um, no, no, no. Sorry. I'm on board with this. Yeah, you're completely right. This like, is the, if- the, 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 the internet, yeah, like... To, to, quote, yeah, a, just- to, quote, to quote a Simpsons thing... If you want something to go away, just don't look. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Like it, the internet validated the existence of that. And then that's, it just went, it went too far. And and here we are two full length records. It's like Max Sabbath. And this, this is why we need gatekeeping to tell people when their ideas are garbage. Bad. Yeah. 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 Gate, gatekeeping is cool and good. It's okay for people to tell you that you suck because it's probably true. If, if if you release something that sucks, honestly, do you want people to just lick your ass about it as opposed to telling you the truth? Because then you go on living yes. this lie. For me, <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, everyone I mean, else though. You, you got something. You got something good coming up in the pipeline, so you're fine. Like. For me, if I'm going to release something, I want you know. If it sounds like dog shit, genuinely, fucking tell me, because then I'll work on it. And I can, that's the only way you improve. Because if yeah. you think you're at your, your zenith, you think you're at your peak, you're not going to get any better. It's like with Todd, like uh, you know, I mentioned Todd Jones earlier. Like, listen to fucking all the new nails shit. 
It just sounds all the fucking same because he's had his cock stroked way too much by people like fucking Anthony Fantano, who's obviously got no grip on what fucking actual good hardcore sounds like these days. Yeah, Nails had one good record. One good record. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Unsilent Death rips. Everything after, like, miss me with that shit. Yeah, not um, yeah, not yeah. I think Unsilent Death me. is the only uh, Nails album that Anthony Fantano reviewed. I don't know what you're no. where you're getting your facts from, son. Bro, bro, he's done. You can never be one of us. Go, go. You're on the Google right now. Use the Fat, Google. Drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, son. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's just how I am. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're gatekeeping going through life. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't don't breathe if you're overweight, please. You know, I found I found a power that I'm going to irresponsibly wield as an you're American, gonna, which I think you, is my duty. You're gonna piss me <laughs> no doubt. But <laughs> you know what? I, I, I Irrespons- will irresponsible wielding of power is the American dream, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, look at it. Just I, I think that's the thing that we have, Dali, like from we have the outside looking in. Like whereas mm. I do like talk like Rusty, I talked to you sometimes like about perspectives on American stuff, like because you clarified to me that especially within your local scene, there's a lot of um because Sally, like I know I know that you've probably noticed this within Australia, there's a lot of within the punk and hardcore scene, there's a lot of uh, you know, acceptance of the fact that this is stolen land and, and things yeah, like that. Yeah. But you don't really yeah. see that in, cause we're outside looking in um, when we're looking in what hardcore bands in America, do you really see that are doing that? You don't really see it. So from an outside looking in, it's pretty much non-existent, but Rusty was able to educate me that in, at least in his local scene, there is that, there is that similar level of, you know, um, acceptance and, and the acceptance of guilt um which yeah i think trial is like is the, good the only uh, american like strictly hardcore band that i can think of that like has explicitly like touched on the issue of like acknowledgement of like um indigenous genocide uh it's something that like is like more prevalent topically and like anarchist like crust punk and like that kind of stuff but like specifically in hardcore it's definitely something that's glossed over a lot i think the reason it's significantly more prominent in my part of the country um is because there's kind of more constant reminders of it like in seattle there's like appropriation of like native iconography like there's totem poles and shit like everywhere like you see native art everywhere so there's a little bit more causes to um reflect and think more about the environment that you're in and especially Mm. currently like there's more like actual like native kids in hardcore than in i'm sure other scenes like obviously not counting like um you got well you're at seattle you you got the football team right is that washington the the redskins is that oh no that's um that's uh Washington. I don't know. I don't know. It's America. It's a lot. Was it? Wasn't it like Cleveland Indians or something? Well, there's the like Cleveland Indians, the Washington Some Redskins. Shit. I'm, I'm are, fucking here. Um, that's in. Where the fuck is that? That's a, like that's a, Washington a, D.C. 
Oh, okay, we, right. We we had a lolly that was named uh, Redskins that just got a, a name change, and all the boomers got mad about it. Oh, God. yeah. Get over yeah, it, it, well, it's like, Coon, need, like just get over shit. Well, Coon Cheese got a, a name change too. Because why the hell would you name your cheese Coon? Um, and what about of course, what about when all those old bad. people wanted like city and street names changed from like indigenous names because they couldn't pronounce them and they weren't. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Do you know, <laughs> dude? I work, I work in a call center. Do you know the amount of times I get people like I'll just be talking normally, and I'm as you can hear. I sound like a complete nutter bogan whenever I speak. And I don't understand how sometimes I'll be talking to like a farmer or something. You go, I mean, you speak all sound Astra- the same to me. He's like, speak Australian, mate. I'm fucking not understanding what you're saying. And I'm like, <laughs> can't shut up. Like, you can understand what I'm saying. You just don't like what you're hearing. God, God forbid you start to enunciate a little bit. And all of a sudden it's like your words are meaningless. Maybe I actually focused in English class. Who fucking knows? If, I mean, I did. Do you know what's funny is I get asked, I mean, maybe not so much, not in a while, but I used to get asked all the time by like taxi drivers or Uber drivers or whatever, if I was American. Really? Like, yeah. Like, 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 like all the time, all the you time. I was ha- like, Really? I don't. You don't hear it, but like, for, like from how you talk. Yeah, yeah. Just, just like, like I'm just, you know, like chatting, chatting with him, and they're like, "Oh, wait, are you from, you American?" No, like, you, you sound like a foreigner to me. I don't know if I should trust you. <laughs> ah, again with the American dream. <laughs> projecting, projecting. <laughs> but no, it's it's terrible. So I also I also work in insurance, and um, this doesn't happen to me so much lately because. Um, I haven't take like regularly taken calls in a long time, but something that happens a lot, uh, especially in like our more deserty states, which have a lot of like white conservatives in them, like you'll have instances where like someone will get in an accident and like they'll see that the other person is like visibly like Hispanic or Latino and they'll like immediately just say like, oh, I don't think they speak English. I don't think they're insured. Um, I I don't think they're here legally. Like just from looking looking at Fuck them. Me. Oh, it's fucked. So I mean, if you if you think people thinking you're not speaking Australian is bad, oh, did my my dad's told me some. It doesn't. Oh, I mean, like it it doesn't. It never bothered me. I always just thought it was weird because I well, think I, I think I sound very Australian. And they'd be like, "Oh, you're from America." I'm like, "I've never even been there, dude." Like, you just gotta yeah. lean into it. Like, be like, "Oh yeah, I'm from uh, I'm from New York, uh, New York, Texas." <laughs> making shit up like it's so crazy like i can't believe you guys have like these what what do you call these things at the end of streets like the lights that change it's like, crazy i've never seen that before <laughs> i'm from it new york texas you might have heard of our football team the redskins tell <laughs> <laughs> so i do have to ask because i'm just interested about the seven inch that came out uh, yes. In Australia, it came out as a seven inch. In the US, it came out as a cassette of a discography with histamine. Mm. I th- I think I'm correct in saying, but that was recorded at Chameleon. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did all that with uh, Elliot. He did everything. Mixed, how, recorded, how, mixed, mastered. Like, how long did that take? Like the recording process? Because I know that Elliot's like a really, really fucking good engineer. Yeah, he's great. I, I've known Elliot for years like he we i met him back pre-legion like two, days two, two, 
no, I met him when we would have been doing Legions, and we, my the the band that AJ and I were in, two bands before. Um, Who were? Uh, Vile Ways. I have. Uh, se- oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So we. Vile Ways. Yeah. So we we played a we played a few shows with those guys, and like, yeah, that's kind of how I got to know like Elliot and Josh and you know all of those dudes. Um. So yeah, we recorded the the last the last Vile Ways thing that came out. We recorded with Elliot, and it was really good. And then we, yeah, did another kind of short lived band in between me and AJ. AJ and I just go from one band to the next at this point. I think we're on mm. like number three or four um, along the line. So yeah, we did another short lived thing, and then yeah, we recorded the first couple of um, the first couple. I mean, the histamine demo I recorded myself. Uh, and then a buddy Fletcher did the second one. He's fucking great. And then we're like, yeah, that that seven inch. We're like, yeah, let's let's go let's go with, work with Elliot again because good dude, Fletcher, great engineer, yeah. and just was just like putting out yeah like a bunch of great stuff coming out. We're just like, yeah, this this is this is where we want to go do it. With Fletch, was that at uh, the Brain? Was he still at the Brain at the time? No, like I met we met Fletch. I met Fletch at the Brain. So we recorded the first Vileways thing we recorded at the Brain, and that's probably when I first met Fletch. And was he then still when, like uh, doing all the stuff for free at that time, or was he like recording his own stuff? I think he was point? actually. I think he was like working there. It was oh, he might have been an intern at that point, and then we worked with him again at the Brain. We did a couple of things with uh, another band that I was in called Sorcery, um, which is like a crossover. I I have a fucking fantastic. I have a fantastic memory of a sorcery show. Oh, really? It was, it was, um, oh, fuck. It was wasted years. I think it was, oh, your last, yeah. it, was it was the last sorcery show. I got, wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been the last one. The last one we played was, at what's that place in Chippendale on, we it was with like the basement. Uh, I can't remember the name of that. I think it's called the Chippo anyway. Yeah. But yeah, we played, we definitely played a bunch of good shows at wasted years. That was, that van- I mean, just Cuba as a venue was the fucking best. It was it was really fun, especially in that upstairs. Like, in, yeah, that 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 was just like a really good spot for shows. And I just remember getting completely fucking smashed, like prior to your set, and just just like trying to spin kick and shit during the set, or whatever <laughs> thing I could. And there were a lot of metal dudes that were into sorcery because it was a lot more, you know, towards the metal leaning side. Well, metal dudes hate spin kicking. They definitely. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and some dude tried to shirt. Either. Some dude tried to pull a Tony Abbott and shirt front me. And I was just like, <laughs> at this time I weighed like 54 kilos. And I was like, I think I was like 19 or some shit. I was like real scrawny little kid. No tattoos, no nothing. And I was like, leave me alone, please, sir. And That's I think funny. all my friends fucking beat on him. I think it, it we, got pretty um, bad. Yeah, we, Sorcery was a funny one because, like, we definitely ended up playing a lot of shows with metal bands who took themselves a lot more seriously than we did. Apart from um, the like, the split with party vibes. Apart from them. I mean, those dudes are the best. That was like, yeah, they were very much on the safe wavelength when it came to kind of crossover and you know they were hardcore dudes playing stuff leaning into metal i guess which mm. is usually a good a good thing but yeah like we had, i mean like the the mo with sorcery was all, was always basically everything's a joke except the music yeah, everything else good. was a joke everything else was a fucking joke um that's such a, but, that's such a good way to go about it because that's but we the but, but we but we ended up we ended up 
playing all these shows and like getting asked to play all these shows with metal bands who kind of didn't really get that everything else was a joke and we play with like very serious we're very metal and spooky it's like i don't know man just a bunch of dumb dudes drinking beer and playing fast like okay <laughs> uh, yeah like i got i got to think like, i got to think that it would just be absolutely punishing to play with metal bands like we when i was in rest and pain we were booked to play and I was even dreading this with, um, you know, the, the hard-on sideband Nunchucker Superfly? Yeah. Yeah, they're good. We, we got booked to play with them at Marrickville Bolo, but I quit the band before that show could happen. And um, I really was dreading the crowd, like the audience, because we did like, you know, agnostic front covers and, and shit like that. That was the sort of sound I was going for. You know, just complete yeah. worship of like cause for alarm agnostic front. Um. And we had a bass player. It's a pretty player. good record. We had, a, record. <laughs> we had a bass player who'd, uh, like, to him, the closest thing to punk that he'd sort of listened to was, like, For the Fallen Dreams. Oh, very punk. You know, like, the bass player, like, had, like, no clue. Like, he was not on the safe wavelength. And then the yeah. drummer used to go to Hot Damn all the time to see all the pop punk bands and easy core bands and stuff like yeah. that. And then suddenly was like, no, I'm, I'm only into grind and power violence now. And then ah, a classic trajectory, you know, and then, and then the, the guitarist was just a dude I went to high school with. And yeah. he like, I remember his first day at school, he like had like a, a messenger bag with all these black metal patches and stuff on them. And I was like, I'm going to talk to him because I like black metal and shit. So I was like, yeah, cool. Like he, he can make a friend and, I can make a friend who's got at least slightly similar musical interests, but yeah, he was, he was, you know, like falling down the path, just like Gigi Allen is God and, and all that sort of fucking stupid rhetoric. I so, mean, that is true. I mean, but, but, when it, but when it gets to the point that you're taking your cock out and I have to kick you out of the show that I'm running and you turn to me and you say, you're not fucking punk rock. bro. Oh, he took, he took like, his penis out because he wanted to be like Gigi Allen. Yeah. Oh, see, that was his first mistake. You can't be like Gigi Allen. It's yeah. not original. What you gotta do, what you if you're if you really fuck with Gigi Allen, if you think that's his overdose on that's heroin, punk rock. No, no you gotta <laughs> take it a step further. You you gotta like like you gotta show up at the show. You gotta not get naked. Don't get naked. People expect you to get naked. They they expect that you know penis dress, dress like the Amish. No, 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 not that either. What you got to do is you got to show up and you got to bring out a, a gun and you got to shoot yourself in the fucking head because you're a total, <laughs> absolute, brainless <laughs> nitwit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty hell. much. Listening to Gigi that'll, Allen. Sh- that'll good. show everyone. Gigi Allen, bad. <laughs> it's not, it's not a, even Gigi Allen didn't good. like being Gigi Allen. Why would you want to do it? Yeah, exactly. He's, he's not. It's like it's like when you see people be like, "I idolized the Joker and Patrick Bateman." It's like, <laughs> bro. Oh, you, so okay, you, so you, you didn't re- actually watch them. Yeah, you, you've got no fucking clue. Or I should be calling the police because you're planning a shooting. I mean, it's the same as fucking cops with Punisher tattoos, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, just missing the just- fucking point. <laughs> Hey, you I was can just, like I was comics and be racist. Two things could be true at once. That is that is correct. <laughs> it, there's a lot of racist weebs in their basement with a wall of comics. Don't get don't get it twisted. 
Yeah, that is true. Absolutely. Hey, should anyway, we talk we about should... a movie? Yeah, we you should know, probably get into is, the topic. I was about to say so that. Good that you brought that up because we did in preparation watch uh, 28 Days Later today. They're dead. And you're going to be next. Very good oh, movie. A, Niall hasn't seen scene. it before. I, he said that. He, my, Niall messaged me yesterday. It was like, I, or the other day, and I was, it was like, I haven't watched it. And I was like, that's kind of weird to me. I haven't watched yeah. it in years. So I guess like... Uh, preface like it was you know and i was like oh you gotta pick a horror movie i was like okay cool let me have a think and you know i like horror movies i wouldn't consider myself uh a horror buff but there are certain things that i am a real fucking mark for uh and zombie movies is definitely like zombie stuff i always love it Um, okay so that's that's one thing i will we all I, i think we all agree outright is argued by the director of that film that is a fucking zombie movie, no matter how much he wants to say it is not a zombie movie. Well, yeah, so this is this is the interesting thing, right? So I was like, okay, I got to pick a horror movie. I was like, what? And I'm also not like a dude who, like, I don't like re-watch movies very often. So I was like, going back to him, I was like, what's something that's kind of horror that I have definitely watched like a group of times? And that's where I landed on that. But I haven't watched it in years. But I was like, it's a zombie movie. It's a horror movie. And then I watched it again during the week. And I was like, this is interesting. It's not as, it's not, it's not quite how I remembered it in my mind in terms of being a, like a fucking balls out horror movie. Right. It's, Mm. but I think I, I was, as I was watching it, I was thinking about it and I realized it's the kind of, I like, I think I like horror movies that are, I like genre slash horror or something that is a, mm. I mean that's that's a that's an overarching story that happens to be told mm. in in a zombie setting. It's like in the same way that, uh, in the same way that Battlestar Galactica is just the West Wing, but it's set in space. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like I like stuff like that. Uh, I think I've realized. So yeah, it's like it's it's not like it's not a full blown horror movie. It's just kind of. I don't know. It's just like a like a little. I like. I think I like the story. I like uh, a small slice of humanity, like just a little micro story going on with a giant thing going on around it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I think because this was my first time watching it, and I think one thing that I really noticed about it, and I really enjoyed about it, is character development. There is mm. development of a character. You are watching his arc through this whole thing. And it is more, as opposed to centralizing on the figurehead where you get in slashes, you know, you centralize on like Jason or Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger, what have you, or you centralize on like the zombies. If you're talking about a zombie movie, you centralize it on that. And the the characters are secondary. In this, the characters are at the forefront and the infection that is taking over people is the background to what they're doing to their story. Entire focus yeah. is on their story and what's happening to these individual people. So you invest in these people really strongly and you want the outcome for them to be positive because you've invested in them and you've got sort of an attachment to them through the film. And I think that's a really strong point for the film because 
it keeps you engaged because you want to see what they're going to have to overcome next. Yeah, it's just kind of like regular ass people surviving. And there's a really good line that that kind of jumped out at me when I was watching it again, which kind of sums it up because it's a very self-aware film. It knows, I mean, it's Danny Boyle, right? Like it, it knows exactly what it's doing and exactly what it wants to be. And there's a line really early on that kind of, is a perfect kind of dig at all of the tropes where um, what's the character Selena, I think is the character's name. And she yeah. goes, you know, she's talking to Jim and she goes, you know, so what is it? What do you want? Do you want to be a hero and save the world? Or do you just want to fall in love and fuck? Um, and, and then she's like, yeah, like that is the dig. And she was like, there's, then she goes, surviving is as good as it gets. And I was like, that is a perfect kind of, those three sentences uh, kind of, summarize the entire film really yeah well and it's especially I, funny considering how the movie ends they fall in love and fuck yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that is funny but yeah i don't know it's just, that's just a very good i just like that line but yeah the, i don't know i mean you've obviously seen it before rusty i i have seen it not in, I, and i especially get what you're saying where it's like your vision of how you remember it isn't exactly like how it actually is because that's how it was for me i don't think mm. i've watched this movie in at least 10 years probably oh, probably it's probably the same for me man like Pro- it's been it's been ages <laughs> yeah it's been a long time so like i i remember like the beginning where he's coming out of the hospital the empty london streets while while godspeed you black Emperor which is an playing. incredible fucking scene oh, and oh, uh, the fucking sound the fucking soundtrack of the film was like uh, i got i yeah i was i was really like i think i was watching it this time actually thinking about it probably because i was like we're gonna have to mm-hmm. talk about this thing the, and the the use of sound and silence in this film is fucking masterful like the first th- that scene where he's walking around and for the first 60 seconds there's no sound. There's no audio. There's nothing. And then the slow build of that fucking music and the intensity. And it's like, it's just, it's a beautifully paced film, both in terms of the, the story and the, you know, the, that sort of thing. But like the music has a really important role in the way that film is paced, I think. Oh yeah. And I think a big part of that is using, uh, especially for the genre and just for film in general around that time, using very kind of like non-traditional musical cues, very un- like un- unconventional, like actual like post-rock bands and like mm. a, a movie soundtrack, let alone a horror movie soundtrack is like kind of unprecedented. Like I think the closest. Yeah. They, it wasn't just someone doing John Carpenter knockoff soundtrack stuff. Right. Well, I mean, it was like, uh, some of it was, but it was like actual, actual like songs from, uh, Mm. like the song when they're going to the London streets is, um, East Hastings by Godspeed You Black Emperor, which is actually, a uh, obviously no vocals, no lyrics, but is a song about, um, an area in Vancouver, British Columbia that is like globally known for like its poverty and it's like drug abuse and it's like houselessness and the way that it's just this kind of destitute area where humanity has just kind of been abandoned. So it's, it's a very, perfect, perfect, yeah. perfect match for conveying the mood of that scene, right? Oh, exactly. Which a normal horror movie director would do through just, you know, your typical tropes of some sort of synthesized, sad sort of sound. Yes, yeah, so I mean, like John, John right? Carpenter knockoff, like sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, the only other film that I can think of that uses an actual band and i can't even remember the name of the film it's an 80s film basically about nazis getting murdered by like a golem essentially i mean um, a timeless a timeless subject 
timeless. It, it, just, yeah, it's, it's oh, chef's kiss. If I, if I can remember, if I can remember the name of the film, that'd be great. But I can't. But it has um, Tangerine Dream doing the uh, the whole soundtrack, and it really That's adds cool. to the film. Um, I think with this, the, uh, when when we watch films together, like me and Rusty, when we watch stuff, especially in preparation, we're we're talking at the same time. Like we're we're typing and stuff, talking at the same time. Mm. And I immediately said during that scene where he's like walking through sort of the London streets, like just how well the soundtrack is executed and how well that's just making me be engaged even with the swats of silence that are there because the swats of silence kind of add to it. And I think there's this, there was a point that you brought up Rossi about the sort of build up in oh, that it's film. the keep. The, mo- the movie's the keep. It is. It's the keep. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's the go keep. and watch the keep. Go and watch the keep. It's fucking great. It's just Nazis getting fucking decimated left, right Beautiful. and center. It is Beautiful. Sick. I love it. Great eighties, and also a bit great before you continue, um, uh, Tangerine Dream also did uh, a few years earlier the soundtrack for the horror movie uh, Strange Behavior, which is yeah, a right. uh, Australian and uh, New Zealand oh. horror movie. There you go. Um, Australian- yeah, back to back. But yeah, oh, sorry, wait, you go. I was gonna say the only Australian horror films I can really think of are like of that era, are like Patrick. Patrick always comes to mind. Well, this movie in particular is weird because it takes place in the American Midwest with like no obvious Australians like in the film at all. It's very strange. I guess a question for you. Would you consider Road Games an Australian film or an American film? I'd consider it an Australian movie. But there's no Australian actors in any main roles. Whatever. Think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Let me counter that by saying whatever. <laughs> I don't know. We're just, I guess. I mean, like it, it takes that, place in Australia. It does. It's all about, you know, driving over the Nullumbore plane and the weird shit. I mean, that's pretty fucking Australian, dude. That's yeah. pretty Australian. I mean, like, but, like Crocodile Dundee has like an American in it, but like they're in Australia and it's got Crocodile Dundee. I think it's an Australian movie. You know, I can't speak on Crocodile Dundee. I've still never seen it. What? You've never seen it? Uh, why I have, why, uh, don't you have to like watch that movie every year on your Independence Day or something? Yeah, no, you know what I, you know what I watched that's an Australian movie that's actually fucking worth your time. That you oh, Quigley Down Under. No, nope. Awaken Fright. Rabbit Proof Fence. Oh, I've heard of Rabbit Proof Fence, but I've never seen it. Well, what was the Australian? There was a actually told a really fucking good Australian like zombie movie that came out in the last couple of years that I watched that was really fucking good. Um, uh, the Outpost, maybe, yeah. And like, I just like there's a scene where they end up on like a boat on the Murray River. Um, I fuck. think that now, now I'm outpost. now I'm googling in the background. Is it? Is it does it have like croc? A uh, croc is the main thing cargo no no cargo is what i'm thinking of oh okay yeah 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 yeah. i know what you're talking about yeah that's really fucking good i I really liked that actually no yeah i know i know the crocodile one that you're thinking about too that's right yeah Yeah. had martin freeman in it had martin freeman in it that was really oh crocodiles of course have you seen uh, have you seen the tunnel no i don't think so like like, where is it like like is this in sydney like where do i have to go to see this tunnel (laughs) <laughs> it, it, it is funnily enough it is based so 
like tell you know about the abandoned uh, railway tunnels in in Sydney. Oh, wh- which which ones? Oh, like that, the ones like the out ones western ones. Sydney, like the quote unquote glowworm tunnels that people talk about. Those ones? No, no, the, the or... CBD ones that they say are fucking haunted and all that. Oh sort of no, shit. I don't know about this shit. Yeah, so there's a bunch of abandoned, like you know, when you're pulling into Central Station, you can see all those like old tunnels as you're going in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So those yeah, are right. those are still full tunnels, and they actually got a permit to film down there, and it's basically uh, there's like a monster in there, sort of thing. It's a okay. found footage film, and instead oh, of no, releasing it in bogan. cinemas or anything like that, they were just like, "Not, nah, we're going to put it on the Pirate Bay and let it spread that way." When was so, the last good? When was the last time someone made a truly good found footage film? I would um, say the tunnel. I would say the tunnel. The tunnel was really, really good. I really enjoyed. You it. No, um, I think since then, I think um, as above, so below came out after that, and that was like shockingly good. And see, like the the my, the like uh, my, tunnels and caves underneath Paris. This is my Sydney talking, but whenever someone says as above, so below, I can only think of one thing and one thing only, and that's the Phantoms album. <laughs> there's a new phantoms album coming out well they're back adrian's like actually bothered to do that instead of managing gigantic bands they absolutely recorded a new record fuck i'm Recent, like in the last in the last like like this year i think they did it with elliot um i'm sh- i saw some photo that's uh, Ke- yeah kelly might have posted it or someone posted it on Instagram of them. Yeah, they're recording. Like there's yeah, there is a new Phantoms record coming out. Um Phantoms were a band, Rusty, from like when were they around? Like 2010 to 2012, very much in the yeah. like in the lineage of like when 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 TUI was like at their peak. Oh, um, sick. They came through doing yeah, very much in that vein sort of stuff. They were, um they were, yeah, they were good uh, band. basketball short hard. They were very, very <laughs> influenced as well by Cold World. I would also say yeah, true. thing for them was Cold World. Because I remember going yeah. to see Cold, that Cold World tour and Phantoms did a did the one off reunion. Well the So they they probably reunion. had zip up hoodie merch then. Oh, oh dude sure. Australia zip up hoodie merch, it's like hand in fucking hand you know like, well, i mean it, like, it never like really 2012 gets... man this was like <laughs> yeah of course that that was that was hardcore in 2012 That's, right yeah you you have you have toques you have zip up hoodies you got basketball trapped Supreme. under ice is a trapped under ice is a funny band for me because i i wrote them off for ages because i was like this is jock hardcore you no know, it's funny how good they are they are the f- like in like the honestly like only in the last like three years I was like I went back and listened to it again and I was like oh god this is like one of the best bands to ever fucking do it they are so good um, but I like I just wrote them off for the longest time because it was I was yeah like I wrote it off as basketball short fucking jock bullshit oh, yeah. uh, I mean like when I got into hardcore I was like a like an uptight like anarcho punk I thought anything that had breakdowns in it was like macho jock bullshit. So like when TUI were first getting popular, I was like, this like there's no way this is good. That um, was that I, was exact that was exactly <laughs> where I was at. I was exactly I just I wrote it off. I was like, the same for me. And then yeah, coming back around to it, I was just like Yeah, and then uh, my nuts dropped and I learned how to spin uh, I mean I mean I grew yeah. up on like I grew up on like I don't know the Red Shore and on Broken Wings and Moshi yeah, or you love Deathcore. And- I get it. No, I like one, I like I like two deathcore bands, the Red Chord and the Red Shore. That's it. 
Which, like, I'll those, freely admit are good bands, especially the Red Chord. Even if the singer did Red, become a cop. Cop, yeah. I mean, he did he it after putting out some very good albums. I he mean, wasn't there's, a got cop to, there's, got some, there's got to be some sort of Venn diagram about deathcore and cops. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I feel like <laughs> every. Tell me I'm fucking wrong. Them. Tell me I'm yeah. fucking wrong. The, the Venn diagram not. is deathcore, uh, uh, cop, um, sexual assault conviction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you don't have to call what? me brave for saying it because no. it's something we all know to be what, true. What is it with deathcore? So so deathcore and pop punk. What is it with them being pedophile genres like Kitty Fiddler music? Because it's music for children. So yeah, it's it's the, like, like the entire like, fan base. I I feel like when you become an adult, like even it, like, perfect example of this is. If you look at Job for a Cowboy, when they started, they were a deathcore band. Then they I became adults, <laughs> but then they became but then they became adults and went, "Let's not." Play and they just started playing anymore. death metal. That's for fucking kids. Let's play like, music. Why should I Yeah, I mean, de- like, deathcore is tourist music. I'm just gonna say that. Like, yeah, you're passing by. It's yeah. It's it's. You listen to it before you listen to good music, and you play it before you play good music. Yeah, and people think it. Yeah, it's it's just like I don't know. It just it sounds so extreme to a seventeen year old. If I fucking hear another person ever say to me, "Yo, you got to suss out this band, Lorna Shaw," I'm gonna cut their fucking cock off. I don't know. That, <laughs> that band. That's, that's that. That's fucking. Is that Ed Butcher? Is that his thing? No, no, Ed Butcher. No, did, that's um, no. He did something else. No, no, no that was the Hump Fighter Wave. Was what I was thinking of. No, I know who Lorna Shore is. Lorna Shore is the one with the fucking pig snarls in the song, and everyone was like, oh, because there's pig snarls, it's so different to every other deathcore band where all the vocalists sound the fucking same, and all the breakdowns are the same, and there's just really fast galaxy blast beats for, like, half the song, and then all of a sudden we got a breakdown. We're all so different. You're not. Shut the fuck up. Don't act like you're different. It's like any motherfucker who starts a band that sounds like Poison Idea. Do you hear them being like, no, nah, we're so different to Poison Idea? They're like, no, we we wish we were fucking Poison Idea. Just like, fucking We don't sound enough it. like Poison Idea. Yeah, just fucking try harder. Like idea. Just fucking own it, you know? Like, th- I think that's part of the problem as well. It's like, it's it's weird to think because I think all of us, we're above, we're at least 25 or above. So we've seen deathcore become a thing and then be what it is now like we've seen those scenes evolve and change and shit like that i think in australia you've got a lot more crossover between a lot of genres because there's not that many bands that well there weren't there are a lot now but there weren't that many bands playing that many different styles so you had bands like parkway drive who are straight out metalcore band playing Mm. with like fucking you know like you had fifty lines, who, in my opinion, that's just that's you know meat and potatoes, Cro-Mags worship sort of hardcore. That's New York hardcore yeah, done in the modern shit. age. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you had those sorts of bands as well, as well as you had like bands like Betrayed coming over and playing with Parkway Drive and shit like that. You know, because the Parkway dudes were of an older generation where yeah, they liked hardcore, and in Australia there weren't enough bands to fill a fucking bill, so sucked in. You, if you want to go see one good band, you may have to suffer through five gent bands because it's all they could get booked on. 
And, mm. it, you know, it's just something we had to suffer through. Now I think there's a lot more bands and there's a lot of differentiations between the scene. Maybe it was just because I was younger and I had less access to shit, but I think there's a lot more differentiation between the scenes now in Australia. But especially back in the day, it was very much a thing of just bands had to play shows. You played with a guitar. Okay, you can get booked. Yeah. And it means yeah, I had to I suffer through some fucking... Horrid deathcore all the time. Like deathcore <laughs> should not be a thing. Like in general, in my opinion, like I don't know. It's it's everyone just trying to do you know prayer for cleansing, but they're just not that good. <laughs> Damn! If deathcore sounded more like prayer for cleansing, I would reevaluate my stance on the whole genre. But I'd be a monster for deathcore. In summary, deathcore bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm going to bring it back yeah, to that movie as well because I had something else that I was going to say. Yeah. I don't know, but I'd like to stop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there was one other thing that I was going to say because I, I got to, I got uh, I could talk all day, but I got to wrap up in like 10, 15 minutes. But um, there was one other thing that I wanted to say about. Was it about the movie? movie? About the film. And now that I've started saying there was one other thing that I wanted to say about the film, I can't remember. Oh, yes. What I was going to say. Oh, I was going to come back to because you said it's done now. Like, oh, we can all agree it's a zombie film. I actually kind of don't agree. Like, I actually get okay. the. It's not a zombie film. Like, again, it's it's a. It's just a story about humans kind of trying to do their best, and it you happens know, I'll, to I'll be wrapped. This. It kind of happens to be wrapped in a zombie package. It's that very was my, similar that was my to take The Walking Dead it. in that it just happens to have zombies in it. Well, and that's, and that was another, I, that was the other thing that I wanted to bring up. Right. Like, I think the, the reason like this film really resonated me when I, when I first saw it, when I was a kid, or, or, I don't know how old I would have been, 15, 16, something. When I first saw it, it like, it did so many things with zombie movies that I'd never seen before. It did. Like, it was the first time I saw like, fast psychotic zombies it wasn't just the trudging kind of thing they did that which i thought was really interesting and yeah they did they did that kind of human storytelling in that zombie setting and i was literally thinking that as i was watching it on thursday or whatever is i don't think the walking dead would could exist without this movie i don't think think i don't i don't think it would have i don't think it would have happened no i don't think a lot of current like zombie fiction would exist without it no, absolutely like, not. Like, think, think of like the, the Dawn of the Dead remake that had running zombies. Think of anything with running zombies in it. Think of anything with, with a focus I, on I, survival. Am I like? Can can either of you think of anything that precedes this that had that? Like, all I can remember prior no. to this. I mean, sure, I'm sure it existed, but just the concept of yeah, like fast zombies, and even the concept of like really painting it as a a pandemic, a disease, a human created disease was it like something like it oh wow. It's just it not like it's not like an anomalous, spooky thing. It's like, mm. oh, this is, you know, yeah. It just had a lot of. Th- it just brought so many interesting themes and ideas to what was a pretty kind of codified genre at that point. And yeah, I was like, there's a real line in the sand for like zombie kind of stuff. There's pre this and there's post this, and a, I think it really like shifted a lot. I think your distinction on this is really interesting because the reason I brought up 
do you consider it a zombie film is because the director mm. says it's not. And I can understand from your point, yeah, it's not a zombie film. It's a story about the characters. I think that's more the mindset that you're coming from. Correct me if I'm wrong. But with yeah. but the argument that the director has made is that the infected themselves are not zombies. He says it's that's an infected. He says it's an infection movie, not a zombie movie. Now, therein lies the argument. What are zombies in the sense of what is a George Romero zombie? We're not going... What in, is we're not punk? Go back. What is we're punk, not, you know? <laughs> no, what we're not going to go back to like the whole voodoo sort of thing. Like, is a zombie an infected human being from the grave? It's never really been defined. It's never been well, defined. Not, uh, what well, no, it was back. definitely codified. Zombies were codified as being undead. It was, but, but died, someone died and back? they came back to life as a shambling corpse. But I don't know what a fucking them curse. Back? What do you want? Some kind of curse, I'm sure. Zombie is a Haitian French word. It comes from it comes from Haitian French and Creole. Yes, and like, I've, I've uh, watched Voodoo. Talk of the Dead too. I'm just saying. I'm um, saying, what's a zombie? You want to get into semantics? I can get into semantics. No, I'm not getting into yeah. semantics. I'm more just saying, like, that's a. I think that's a point in the director's in the director of the movie defending it, saying it's not a zombie film. I think that's a point in his corner because there's been no definition for what has caused these bodies to reanimate, not, especially in not Romero. Def, films. Not definition to what has caused them to reanimate, but it's it's the it's that word reanimate, right? Like I think prior to this film it was like a zombie is a, it's a corpse that's been rotting in the ground, has been brought back to life by some kind of fucking evil, spooky power, non specific whatever. This changing it to being it's a disease. You get like you get bitten and you instantly or are you infected with this disease. You don't die and then that, come yeah. back. Uh, and you're that's exactly how they treated it in. That's how they treated in. The, that's how they treated in the Walking Dead as well. Yeah. Like it's, it's you know, you get bit, you're it, done. It's it not you die to... and get reanimated. Well, you do, but you know what I mean. It's changed on the Wait, wall. I, yeah. I think quite, quite crazily. But like, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a nerd for this shit, and I think of theories and stuff like that. But like, I always think of like horror movies as all of them are in the same universe. They're just all happening in different places. So like, if you think about the fact of like reanimator in reanimator yeah. when he re- when he reanimates a corpse does that make that a zombie or is that just a body bring a body being brought back to life i mean that's just the classic argument of is frankenstein's i was about to say zombie? yeah uh, is that actually frank actually frankenstein was the doctor's name the so- <laughs> <laughs> you're you're fucking waiting I knew. You were <laughs> like, if, I don't, if I don't clarify, you're going to make me look foolish. And I'm American, so I already look foolish. Pushes glasses uh, further onto head. So, so, well, actually, as a matter of fact, if you really consider one and two, it's just zombies yeah. in this economy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I fucking got it in. I got it in. <laughs> I, I think I, I think that's a, I think that's a really 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 good point. Um, I think with it having influenced uh, further zombie media, um, and it's especially crazy to think that it has influenced The Walking Dead because if you think of the lineage of who made The Walking Dead, like the TV mm. series, if we're talking about that, like mm. Greg Nicotero has been involved in in you know he's fucking acted in Day of the Dead. He's an actor in that, and he also did some of the special effects, right? But yeah. he still 
and he he says he hates running zombies, yet he's the executive producer and the main name attached to the Walking Dead TV series, right? Which has oh, zombies, I haven't zombies. watched. They're, they're, run, they, they're, they're not run running Walking though. They're, they're kind of shambling. They're, they they I mean, do the shambling. Fair, it's also called thing. the Walking Dead. I know, but they're, but they're faster than I would say Romero zombies by a long shot. No, no way. Oh, compared to Romero zombies, dude, Romero no, zombies. Wa- are Walking like- Dead like follows very strictly like traditional like zombie rules. Well, like, yeah, I think the, I think the, I think the, 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 I think the pull for that is I think the influence to, to the Walking Dead is again it's about the it's the character story within that thing and also the fact that it's very much treated as like it's a it's a because I'm trying to remember, I, I tapped out at a certain point, but they kind of figured out eventually that it's like you don't even need to get bitten, right? Like you can just die, and if you've got the thing in you, you'll come back as a. But it's very it's much a, painted as like a virus thing, right? Yeah, it's it's like an airborne virus that I, I think at that point, like technically, is just like once once you die, you're gonna come back. Which prior yeah. to 28 days later, that had not been established. Here's At a all. fucking question. Here's a fucking mm-hmm. question. Without 28 Days Later, do we have The Last of Us as a video game? Ooh. Um, Probably not. No, because I would say, um, me and Rusty were talking about this as well. If you think about the era in which 28 Days Later came out, think about the other horror movies that were coming out at that time. They were so fucking cookie cutter. It was, I know you did, what you did last summer. Shit like that. Schlock. Mm. Slash, slasher, right? schlocky, or, yeah. I mean, I love slasher films. I'm wearing a fucking Scream shirt right now. Scream is a great film and I will defend it till the day I fucking die. And I don't need to defend it because it's a fucking good film, right? But Go there was off. a lot of there was a lot of schlocky slashes that followed in the wake of it that were trying to capitalize on the hyper scream. And that's where the horror industry was really at at that point. Then you get this director who comes along, especially not even being from America, who really changes the game and brings the idea of zombies, whether intentionally or not, back into the public consciousness, which then leads to the Dawn of the Dead remakes, which then leads to, you know, The Walking Dead, which then leads to zombies being like, if you think about it, think about Call of Duty. Without 28 Days Later, would there be the zombies mode in Call of Duty? Yeah. I, I, I in, summary, so. in summary, because I do have to wrap up as much as I could talk about this for ages. Yes, please um, summarize. In summary, I think a very important film in the horror canon. Like, I think it's a kind of almost like not talked about enough how oh, it's important a this film is. It's like a benchmark. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad I picked it because it caused me to think about it in a lot more detail than I probably ever had. Because, mm. yeah, I, I just remembered it as, oh, it's a zombie film and it's kind of fun. It's cool. It's got some interesting stuff. But... Yeah, now I'm like, yeah, it's, this is like an important movie, I think. You know, we're both glad you suggested it, and we're both Absolutely. glad that you came on. Hey. Anything you want to plug at all? Yes, here's, plug your, here's your space. Um, I mean, not really. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, if you haven't listened to Histamine, you go listen. You can't buy any seven inches. Actually, well, if you actually, if you're in the U.S., we sent the very last copies of the seven inch to convulse uh, and they've just landed and they're on the convulse distro right now, but there wasn't many of them. That's kind of your last chance. Uh, I think there's still some copies. Oh, convulse, of the- convulse is popping. If anybody's fucking with histamine that fucks with convulse and there's crossover there, those they, things uh, are going to yeah. be gone as quick as they land. 
Convulse are doing it just better than just about anyone in the game right now. Mm. Um, yeah, I got, I got a homie a that label. straight up like moved from here to Colorado to, I guess, just because of that Denver scene. Yeah, right. Yeah, like they, they are fucking. It's insane. They are fucking killing it. Like, I mean, this just this year alone, like between between that Candy Dude. Apple record and the da- that Daisy fucking comp thing that just came out. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. I've, also, I've been listening to that Daisy record on on repeat for like also six convulse weeks. Convulse Fest that just happened. What a fucking, fucking lineup! What like, a fucking lineup! I would. I'm going to say right now, and I know they're on Triple B now, so they're kind of getting hyped, but man, like when I first heard Service Weapon by Spy, fuck, I need, I was immediately like, I need to fucking see that band. Like immediately I need to fucking see that band and who would see that. And that entire fucking lineup ripped. You had MS Paint as well, who fucking need oh, to just transcend. A, just a, just a, just a bonkers fucking lineup. Gel played yeah. that. Like, yeah. Which, you know, uh, where, yeah. Where unfortunately we're kind of, you know, being in Australia, we're on the sidelines kind of looking in, just being like, damn, wish we had some bands that ripped that good. I mean, we do, I, I think out for Let us. Let me tell you about this band in. called Histamine. Um, <laughs> you might like them. I, I did go to Histamine <laughs> I didn't even say hi to you, but I was there. Um, Pretty fucking rude, but that's fine. Pretty rude of you to say hello, but Wait. that's okay. I, I look I look different than my pictures. <laughs> That's so good. But yeah, um, so yeah, look, there's, there's some new histamine stuff in the works for hopefully next year. Um, I did a I did a thing last year called Class Tourist, which I also kind of like a weird kind of post-punky, shouty thing. I, there'll be a new new EP or a tape or something for that soon. Um, no, I don't think I don't think so. I, I mean, this, no one, no one's asking for that. That's just me. That was my lockdown lockdown project when everything. Oh, I've listened last to this, cl- this. This class tour shit is so sick. Very good post punk. I have listened. Oh, thank to this. you, thank you. Yeah, that was. I don't know. It was just uh, something to keep me busy. But yeah, there'll be another. There'll be more class tour stuff at some point. But um, yeah. Aside from that, uh, I don't know. I'll plug this podcast that I'm on. I've heard it's good. Uh- <laughs> Thank you. And shout outs to the inner west of Sydney and shout outs to Sydney. Uh, thank you. For shout not shout out Hornsby PCYC. Represent. Yeah. And, and, uh, <laughs> thank, you, thank you for not living in Smelburne. Uh, with that, I think we'll sign off. All the very best yeah, to everyone. Fuck and, Melbourne. Uh, yeah, fuck Melbourne. Fuck Melbourne. Yeah. And I, hole, I spit on Melbourne. Apart from its cross punk scene. It's cross punk scene Fuck. and it's grind scene. Keep going. I, I made I made it an hour twenty in and this is where I'm gonna get cancelled for anti Melbourne sentiment. I'm gonna say the last word here. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I've never been to Melbourne. I don't know anybody from Melbourne, and I don't know anything about Melbourne, but fuck it. Fuck Melbourne.